0: there's no doubt if you continue to just work towards what it is that you ultimately want to do like you'll find yourself um, where you want to be it might location wise geographically might not be where you expected um, but it'll be where you're supposed to be
1: hey everyone and welcome to sports rd snippets i'm liz Waluca, a registered dietitian and board certified specialist in sports dietetics Every Wednesday, I'll be bringing you a sports dietitian guest that will share advice, insight, and rewards of the profession, snippets of their own career path to becoming a sports RD. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Sports RD Snippets. I'm so excited to have Rob Masterson today on the podcast. Rob has an incredible story to becoming a sports RD that will leave you feeling inspired to bet on yourself and go for it. Rob Masterson joined Michigan State University in 2016 and serves as the athletic department's director of performance nutrition, overseeing the nutrition operations for all varsity teams. In this role, Rob serves the nutritional needs of Spartan student athletes by providing science-based nutrition interventions, education, counseling, information, and guidance with the goal of optimizing overall health and athletic performance. He is a 2009 graduate of the Michigan State's dietetics program. Prior to returning to his alma mater in East Lansing, he served as a clinical dietitian in the greater Detroit area, as well as a sports nutrition immersion program fellow through Gatorade SNP program at the University of South Carolina. Let's jump in and let's meet Rob. Hi, Rob. Welcome to the podcast.
0: Hey, thanks for having me on. I appreciate being on here, Liz.
1: I'm excited to have you. How's everything going? you know football season starts for Big Ten. This is October 14th. We're recording, but yeah, less than two weeks you guys start up?
0: Yeah, our first game is uh, fortunately at home here uh, on the 24th. So we're 10 days away and we're we're plenty busy, but I'm, I'm glad I I was able to carve out some time to, to come on. I'm, I'm really enjoying your podcast. And I know we had a second to chat um, before you started recording. I was just saying, I want to Make a point to say it now too. Like I love listening to your podcast; it's been awesome. The only the only episode I haven't listened to is the one that was just posted today. So I'm looking forward to 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 listening that one on my drive home from work. So.
1: Oh, thanks, Rob. What's like the environment like at Michigan State? Like, are are people ready for football season? Is it overwhelming? Yeah, excited.
0: I think it's all those things. I I think people are ready for it. I think they're excited. I think. You know, as a staff, we're excited and ready, but we're also all overwhelmed. You know, 2020 yeah. has been an interesting year, and you know, COVID's thrown a wrench into a lot of people's plans. But um, I think if there's one thing we've done really good here, and and what I've heard from everyone else on the podcast from previous episodes is that, I, and I think dietitians do a really good job, particularly in the sports nutrition realm, is kind of pivoting really quickly and making adjustments. So I think we've done a really good job of just dealing with reality on reality's terms and, and, and doing the best we can. So that's,
1: that's awesome. That's great. Well, I like to start these episodes off with how we know each other. So Rob, I think I met you at the McCallum eating disorder and sport conference. I uh, I just,
0: maybe it was 2020. 20,
1: well, it feels like a long time 20, ago 20, now.
0: Yeah. It feels like it was a while ago, but that was such a great conference. And I was, it's um, that was my million first million. experience going to McCallum and, um, it was just, it was really, really awesome just to kind of, um, gain some more knowledge and perspective in the area of eating disorder and disordered eating within sport. Um, I don't think people realize how prevalent that can be. Um, and it's just, you know, we, we have to be, um, you know, aware of that and able to lend our area of expertise, which is nutrition and, and help with that. Cause it's a, you know, it's a multifactorial thing and, and it takes an entire team of people to help um, those individuals who are suffering in that area. So, so yeah, it was a great experience. And I remember us um, meeting there and I really, really enjoyed it. It was out in California. It was a little colder than I expected. I mean, I'm a Michigan boy, so, so funny. I'm used to cold weather, but I, I don't know. like When, when did it, it was like in was, June. No,
1: it was in July.
0: Yeah. And I remember all I packed shorts and t-shirts outside of, and we get this, you know, it was what? Just outside San Francisco, or what was yeah, it? Berkeley, Berkeley. Yeah, Berkeley. Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, during the day weather-wise, but then at night it got so cold. And I was only, I only had shorts and t-shirts and I was freezing all the time. So I remember that. So funny.
1: Yeah, no, when I lived in LA, when I went to Pepperdine, I didn't, I thought it was like hot, like all the way through. And in December I was like freezing and I had to go buy sweaters. I had no idea, like, why didn't anyone do it? Right. But yeah, anyways, um, I've been to McCallum twice and it's an amazing conference. I don't know if they're doing it virtual this year with COVID. It's usually in July, but highly recommend um, signing up for that. Just an incredible conference. And then we also know each other from the Super Bowl Summit, Super Bowl yes. 53 in Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. Um, Rob, what was your favorite part of that experience?
0: That's a good question because that that whole thing was such an amazing experience. I'm so thankful for Gatorade and and uh, everyone who put that together and gave us opportunity to go there because, I mean, well, one, we got a chance to really kind of more collaborate. So it was me, you, Kelly Rossi, uh, and she was at Virginia at the time, and Jackie, Jackie, yeah. So Jackie Barsal was there as well from IMG. And that was just, it was so cool just to kind of, you know, see everybody a little bit out of their element because, you know, how often do you get to actually go to (laughs) school, right? Um, so there was just so many cool events within that whole Super Bowl weekend and stuff but you know we had to, we had the opportunity to present in front of um, Gatorade and, and athletic trainers and medical staff doctors physicians so it was really cool that we got to speak on behalf of our universities and, and Gatorade and nutrition and, and speak to that so uh, but my my favorite experience honestly was just being able to kind of like I said be out of elements and kind of see everybody in in a more you know, once that presentation was done, I feel like everyone was kind of like, all right, let's just, we're ready to kind of have some fun and and enjoy the Super Bowl experience. And, and Gatorade was really awesome about, we got to bring either like a family member, one other person with us. So I brought one of my close friends and it was just, I I had never been to Atlanta, I think, except for, you know, passing through flight wise. And it was just awesome. It was, uh, it was just a great experience, you know, being able to hang out with a friend and it's a once in a lifetime experience. I don't know that I'll ever be able to do that again. And so like, you know, and I know we message each other, me, you, uh, Kelly and, and Jackie or, you know, have a group chat and we still have to re- message each other every once in a while. And it's just, I, I, I reflect on that a lot because it was just a, such a unique and awesome experience. Yeah.
1: No, it's so cool. Cause it's like, obviously, I mean, how could you ever forget that? But I feel like we're all bonded like forever because it was yeah. just a unique experience. And it's funny after the, you said the presentation was over. I remember we actually got to ride, uh, drive Porsches. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, we went to the Porsche racetrack and we all had individual drivers. And I just, basically it was like an obstacle course kind of. And then you got to go like a hundred miles per hour on like this long speedway. And I had no idea how much I like love speeding. Like it was so <laughs> exhilarating. And I was like, wow, I didn't even know I was like stressed because I feel so much better. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I highly recommend doing that. Um, but speed on a racetrack. No.
0: Yes, that Porsche driving experience. That's right. I'll have to say that was at the top of the list beyond just spending time with you and, and one of my close friends in a unique like environment experience. Like that was so cool. Um and I I felt the same way. Like I, I knew I liked speeding before that, <laughs> but um it was amazing that like actually have a driving experience where like I mean it was the stretch that you're talking about where we would like be able to go top speed. Yes and then slam on the brakes because there was like we know, would like spin the
1: car and like they would have like, fake like, water traps or something yes, yes it was scary but it was so much fun yeah it was amazing so, love speeding anyways <laughs> let's jump in can you take us through your career path up until this point where you started and where you are today
0: yeah so um you know I guess I'll go backwards here I'm at Michigan State University right now and that's actually where kind of things begun I I am from Michigan originally grew up just outside Detroit and then moved closer to Lansing um when I got into like middle school age um and so I've always been mid-Michigan um you know my mom was really big into just us you know me my my two older sisters I'm I'm the only boy and the youngest and uh you know family and she she was just in charge of you know meals and uh you know was really big about getting us in the kitchen and learning how to cook or just appreciate food and and that was a big thing and i always just loved it you know we always had like a garden things like that when we moved away from detroit we had a lot more like space and so gardening and stuff like that was was like a normal thing at that point and i just got used to that having like fresh fruit and veggies and stuff like that so i think my mom i know my mom played a huge influence on like why I even got interested in nutrition. And at that point, you know, once I got into high school, I just kind of, um, you know, had just a, I mean, so it started early. So yeah, I get to high school and, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of like nutrition classes, but we still had home ec. I don't think that exists for a lot of people anymore, but you know, um, like just learning a little bit more about cooking and, and nutrition itself. We had some health classes that I was interested in. My sister at the, my oldest sister at the time was going to Michigan state. I always figured I was going there. And then when I found out they had one of the top rated dietetics or nutrition, um, undergraduate programs in the country, it was an easy choice. Um, and so I came in and I mean, I just knew that that's what I wanted to do. And, um, so did my undergrad at MSU absolutely loved it. Um, and then of course, senior year comes around and you start realizing, Oh, there's, you don't just get your degree and become a dietitian. Like there's a surprised
1: why don't people like I feel like you find that out like your senior year too it's not yeah. like you're a freshman and they like warn you
0: yeah i you know what they probably did, yeah, I mean, good they did right, right. yeah but you like you hear it but you're not listening you know what I'm saying
1: oh this internship whatever like yeah
0: yeah and you kind of are just like well I got good grades i you know at least I you know I had pretty good grades and um you know I felt I was probably overconfident I guess to a degree where I was like you know I know they keep, because senior year came around and my supervisors and our our professors were telling us like, hey, this thing is competitive. Like you need to make sure that you're doing all you can to get all the experiences that you can. And so, I mean, I was part of our um, student dietetic um, undergraduate program here and like our association. So I did volunteer work through them. Um, I actually, that's where I met Scott Sainert, who is now the director with um, the Cowboys because he was a graduate dietitian at Michigan State University at the time. And he was helping with a program here and some research here on campus. Um, It was called Spartners for Heart Health. So it was a health program for um, elementary youth and helping them understand the importance of, um, you know, exercise and nutrition combined. So both of those things. And he was helping one of the professors here with that. And they needed undergraduate help with like data and collection and stuff like that. And so I helped with that. And that's actually when I learned a little bit more more about sports nutrition. So that was my, I think, junior and senior year. Prior to that, like sports nutrition, this is, so this is my senior year in 2009. It was, it existed, but it was like, you, those, not so much as a career necessarily, at least that's the perception. It was like, yeah, there's very few individuals who do that, but, you know, you you probably need to go. And I straight up had one of my um, counselors say like, you you need to go into clinical because sports nutrition is is probably not going to be something that you can do as a career. Like there's just not a market for it, at least not right now. Um and so I wouldn't say that was disheartening. It was just, you know, a reality check. And at the same time, I looked at it, you know, I grew up as an athlete as well. You know, I played soccer, I ran cross country, I played basketball. Um, I was never talented enough to do it at like a collegiate level, at least not D1. Um and so, I, you know, I have a competitive streak in me. I think all of us, I think in this um, area t- tend to do that or have that. And so when I was told that that wasn't something that could be a career, again, I, I took it as like, oh, okay, that's that's where reality is right now, but maybe I could create, help create that. Maybe I could be part of that at a later time. Mm-hmm. And I was never opposed also to clinical though, either. I did wanna get that experience. So kind of going back here, you know, th- that's what I was being told. And again, this is all senior year. Um, and so I applied to a few places. I actually remember applying to Michigan State. Um, I remember applying to um, the, the US military, US Army um, program, which was one of the few that actually would like pay you. Oh. And that whole process was totally different too because they didn't go through, how um, much, do they still do DICAS? The DICAS. Yeah, yeah. So they, had it, they did it separately from that. It all went through like a government like program type thing, like, at least that's how my process went. I had to get with a recruiter and work in that. And, um, and and anyway, so I ended up applying to like, I think three places. Um, and I just assumed I'd get one of them. And I, especially like Michigan state, I'm like, well, I'm from here. You know, I would think I'd get preference. I got good grades. The professors know me, but as they said, it was competitive. I did not get selected the first round. Um, and I specifically remember like it, you know, it, it was like a knock, you know, I'm in, and kind of, um, you know, a reality check um, for me. But again, I was, I kind of have, or I do have, I like to think a a competitive streak in me. And I thought, okay, well, what do I, what do I need to do to get better? Like, what were the things that were missing on my resume um, that I need to add, that I just need to improve upon? And I'll, I'll go do that. So, but I remember going to class the next day after that, because I think if it still works this way, like back when I did it, we applied and like at midnight, we (laughs) found out like, Midnight or like two or three in the morning, like the website, the only website that they did it through would like tell you what if you matched or not.
1: I think it's 7 p.m. now. Like okay. The-
0: yeah. It was something weird though, where like you had to get up in the middle of the night and find out. And so everyone would set their alarms. I specifically remember setting my alarm and getting up at some super weird time to find out if I got matched. I did not. And like, and then I had class like two hours later. I had a super early morning class. And so I remember going to that class. And it was a big class. Like we have a we have the largest dietetics, or at the time we had the largest undergraduate dietetics program in the country. So big classrooms, um, you know, like 100, 125 plus people that are all just dietetics majors. And I remember that class being half empty because half the p pe- and, and the professor even said that I think, oh you know I think a lot of people didn't show up today because. You know they they don't want to show their face quite honestly they're embarrassed and you know they didn't make it but just know like th- this professor wasn't trying to be mean about it and they like, just know you know you just got to keep working and and so that was a good message to hear and i remember looking around being like wait am i the only person that didn't get selected and then also showed up
1: maybe everyone else went to go party because they got mad
0: right so i'm like damn okay maybe i didn't need to show up today or something but but no so i remember thinking no that that professor was exactly right. Like, I just need to reach out. I And I literally reached out to the professors at Michigan State and to the programs that I didn't get selected to and said, thank you for taking the time um, to even consider me. And I would appre- very much appreciate it if, um, you know, I know you're super busy right now just with your selections and, and you know, best of luck with who you chose, but um, going forward, if, if you have any um, feedback, I'd very much appreciate if you could um, let me know what it was that you felt that I was lacking on because I want to work on that. And I promise that, you know, I will do that. And uh, thankfully all of them got back with at least something, even if it was small and said like, Hey, you know, you didn't, you, you did some of this stuff in the sports nutrition area or this, you know, um, you know, wellness area, but you didn't get a whole lot clinically. If you, you never shadowed a clinical dietitian, you know, we'd like to see something like that, stuff like that. And it was all really, really helpful. Um, and so, right after that, I went to work basically looking for opportunities. So I shadowed different clinical dietitians during that time. They wanted to see a little bit more food service experience. So I got a job at the dining hall on campus and um, I applied the next round and got, got into central Michigan's program. And that was a great program for me. It worked really, really well. Um, so that's, that was my dietetic experience. Um, or a dietetic internship experience, I should say. And, and so yeah, it wasn't perfect, but it ended up working out for the best. Um, and so I learned a lot from that. And I think sometimes we don't, we don't talk about or we don't always feel comfortable necessarily talking about our failures. But oftentimes, the reality is we all we will all make mistakes. And we will all fail to some degree at some point, that's not a word people like to use. And it's not something that I strive for, certainly, but your lessons that come from that oftentimes I think resonate much stronger or stick with you much more than the, the success necessarily that you get. And it's not to say that those aren't learning experiences as well, but you like said some of the things I remember most or learned from most are when I messed up or just didn't have the result that I anticipated. Um, so yeah, so I got got into Central Michigan's internship that worked out really, really well, loved the experience. And then shortly after I finished that, um, got a clinical job. And I got a cl- cl- clinical job, excuse me, in, uh, through Detroit Medical Center Hospitals. And so that was outside of Detroit. And that was a, a really amazing experience. I was a clinical dietitian for four years. I worked in intensive care. I worked in oncology units. I worked in renal units. I worked in a burn unit. Um, and so got such a wide um, range of experiences. And during that entire time, too, I mean, I remember um you know thinking i ultimately still i love sports and i thought okay how can i how can i like kind of mesh the two like i know people are doing it now and in and, and sports nutrition too now it's like 2010 2011 it's starting to come along in that you know right i feel like right before kind of what i would call like a boom where just sports nutrition blew up and then universities and pro teams but universities in particular were really looking for people but at that time it still wasn't like big so and I was loving my clinical experience. I absolutely loved it. I was learning a lot. And every time I thought, okay, it's time for me to kind of move on, there was like a new opportunity that came along and, and a new learning experience. I thought, you know what? This is too good to kind of pass up. I don't want to leave before I feel like I'm really, really competent and can really, really contribute here. Because your first couple of years, let's be honest, like it's not that you can, can't immediately step in as an entry level dietitian and contribute. You can and you will. But you, you know, I, at least for me, my personal experience was I didn't feel like I was. Like at a hundred percent and really giving um, everything I possibly could until probably a couple of years in, um, where it was like any, any unit I stepped into, any patient I worked with, um, anyone that I saw as an outpatient because I did outpatient work as well, like I knew that I could really really help them um, and 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 assist. So so I, I did that for four years and uh, but at that four year mark it kind of got to that point where I was like you know what I feel really good about where I'm at here I started to get comfortable and. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but I kind of looked at it as like, you know, I could stay here, but now is a time I'm still relatively, I'm still young. I still want to get involved in sports nutrition. Maybe I should look into doing something. And again, there wasn't a whole lot out there except for the Gatorade SNP, Sports Nutrition Immersion Program, um, program, uh, program through CPSDA. And uh, I learned about that. I think it was in its like second year, maybe, or going into a second or third year and i thought wow okay this is cool i i didn't know about this i was already a member of cpsda but, you know maybe i'll i'll try this out um and a lot of my coworkers workers like wait what you're leaving a paid job for like an internship like we know you want to do sports nutrition and they were like supportive i, mean, I don't want it to sound like it was negative but they just were confused like right. you know and i i just bet on myself i was like well i know something will come of this because i think i'm I have a good knowledge base now from a clinical standpoint, which will lend well when I get, if I get an opportunity to do this sports nutrition immersion program. And um, I just want to give it a shot. You know, I mean, worst comes to worst. I don't like it or something, or just doesn't end up being something that i see as a career. and, And I can fall back on, maybe it wouldn't be the same position. I wouldn't have been able to get the same position back, but I could go work clinically somewhere else, or, you know, even within the same hospital system. So so I took a chance and applied for the position or, or you know, for a SNP opening. And I, I know you're familiar with it because you're a fellow Snipper too. Like it's, there's a process, right? You know, you have multiple schools that are, um, you know offering to take on an intern, um, but only so many people. There's a lot of people applying for it. And I know it gets more and more competitive every year. And uh, only so many people are gonna get a spot. And it was kind of really a repeat process of my dietetic internship application experience where, you know, I applied and um, I know we talked about this story before, but I'll, I'll just kind of, you know, go through it again for your listeners. But I applied, um, I, I can't remember all the locations. I know like the Philadelphia Eagles were on there, Alabama was on there, um, South Carolina was on there, which is ultimately where I got. A spot, but initially I never, I did not rank them high. I didn't know much about their program, and it wasn't, it wasn't that I had a problem with the program. I just didn't know a whole lot about it, and didn't think that um, I was the best fit there, based on what what I read about it. So, long story short, I I didn't get selected for. You know, I did a bunch of interviews for a number of places and didn't get selected for a spot. And so, you know, I walked away from that going, oh man, you know, this is, this is kind of a, a bummer. Um, and then just something crazy happened. I honestly don't know exactly, you know, the story behind it, but the person who was initially selected at the University of South Carolina under Teresa Logan, who was a director at the time and, and now, you know, one of my friends and colleagues and a mentor to me, um, they dropped or switched or something happened and they just, the person she selected was not able to come on. So I got a random call and I almost didn't answer it like two days later and it was Teresa Logan. And she's like, Hey Rob, I know we didn't have a chance to interview. I don't even think you ranked like put our program on the list, but I wanted to reach out cause you know, I did hear good things about your interviews with these other programs that some of them even wanted to select you but they just felt someone else is a better fit. So I thought maybe we could chat and talk. And um, are you even interested in coming to South Carolina? And you know there's that split second moment when like that's put on you and you're like well you, you know she's right i didn't actually pick that school they didn't pick me also now i'm feeling like sloppy seconds here like the person <laughs> she selected isn't coming and so now she's just trying to find someone to scramble but you got to kind of you know realize it's an opportunity regardless of the circumstances and um, you put your pride away and and your ego away and you say and i really just looked at it, like absolutely like this is a great opportunity you know um and uh so I said yeah I'm interested let's talk let's let's just at least see that if this is a good fit for both of us and we had a really good probably like half hour conversation and she kind of ran through a program what she was looking for what she wanted to do and I was like yeah absolutely let's I would love to come on and so I kind of at that moment actually thought like it was a done deal and she finished it off it was kind of funny I have to laugh now and I'm just remembering this because she finished off the conversation with well, okay, great. Well, um, I've got one other person that I'm interviewing cause, cause I'm, you know, it's between you two. So I'll, I'll get back with you. And we're thinking, oh, all right, sounds good. Like, you know, I had no idea who that other person was or what happened, but I got a call the next day. And, and it, it, you know, I was fortunate enough to win out and, uh, you know, I ended up going to South Carolina. I had a, an amazing SNP experience. I worked with the swim and dive team and the track and field teams primarily helped out a little bit with baseball and basketball and football, but um, it was an amazing experience and um, absolutely loved it, learned a ton. And, and, and again, I was able, there were some really um, kind of more clinically based um, cases and individuals that I had to work with there. And it just was so awesome for me to, I felt so confident and so comfortable kind of working in that role because it was, it was just like I was in the hospital again, almost to some degree where I was just you know applying the same knowledge base and working with them and and so it just fueled my passion at that point too I knew I was like well you know South Carolina has a program all these other places have a program I think this is definitely an area that I'm, I'm going to jump into and um so before my SNP experience ended actually I started reaching out to universities like hey I'm going to be done with this you know I don't know if I'm going to get an opportunity to um, stay on here or go go elsewhere but uh you know, if you if you need somebody like I'm a yes, I'm a new sports dietitian, but um, I am credentialed. I I have four years, four plus years at this point of experience in general, and, and in the clinical setting. And I I love what I've done here. You know, reach out to to my uh, mentor and the director here, Teresa Logan, and and talk to her if you, if you're looking to add anybody. Um, and I one of the first places I reached out to was the dietitian at the time at Michigan State, and you know she was plenty nice and just mentioned like hey, um, we're not hiring anybody right now, but I'll keep your name in mind. And so at the end of my stint experience, I actually got an offer to stay on at South Carolina. And I turned it down and not because I didn't think it would have been a great um, fit for me, because I knew it would be. But I, I again, I want to take a chance and better myself. And I was trying to get back um, to Michigan, or at least the Midwest. And I I said, you know, I want to take a chance. I know, and this is things were really kind of rolling sports nutrition wise. There's a lot of places hiring. I thought, you know, if Michigan State or any t- any team in the Big Ten wants to kind of keep up, I know they're going to be hiring soon. And so I'm I'm going to take a chance and just kind of even just volunteer. I was ready to go back and just offer myself, you know, to volunteer for free, and um, went back home, lived, moved back in with my parents for a few weeks. But it was like I was only there for three weeks when I got a call from from the uh, Lead dietitian that was here at the time saying, Hey, Rob, you know, we got a part time position and I'd like to hire you. Just, you know, we're going to go through the interview process, but I think you'd be a good fit. Went through that process and was hired on. And then she left like three months later or something like that. And then I just naturally kind of rolled in and and actually had to re interview for my job um, to get a full time position and then interview again a year later for the director's role. So I've interviewed for my same job like three or four times. And I, I, I've i appreciated it, actually, with my, I think a lot of people might have looked at that the, a different way and been like, what the hell, you know, like, I'm, I'm already here. And, you know, why wouldn't that that role just be given to me, but I do like, um, actually, the process that we've done here at Michigan State, and, you know, my, my supervisor um, here in the administration did in the sense of, well, we know you do a good job, but you know, it, no, no one person is above the program. We want to make sure it's the best fit. And it ultimately ended up being me anyways, but um, going through that process, it was a humbling experience of just trying to basically re interview for your job each time. And um, it, I, I wouldn't change that. And I actually tell my boss all the time, I very much appreciate that now um, because the experience helped me kind of realize the areas that I needed to work on and continue to grow in. So I I'm sorry. I'm, I, I think I'm rambling on here. and That was a long, Oh, that that
1: was great! No, that was great. I—I mean, your story is amazing. Just—I mean, everyone has had adversity in their career, and it just—I think the coolest part is for your Snip experience. I think sometimes when you don't get something, like you just don't realize, like the impression you had on another interview, like actually mattered. You know, so whoever you're talking to, even if you're emailing someone or. You have an interview and it doesn't work out like you had the opportunity to interview like someone knows you now so yep. I think it's just a really good lesson to like bet on yourself and you know yep. if you're the right fit great if not like things happen and you might get that call so you, you better be ready yeah um, so I think that's awesome working in a clinical setting before starting the fellowship in sports nutrition what was the transition like
0: you know it, it was interesting I guess I'll go back to my a little bit of my story from the previous question, you know, when I was interviewing for SNP um, positions and that experience, I got a lot of questions from the directors at the time and the people who were in those roles, like, well, do you think you can make that transition between clinical and sports? Because it's a whole different world and it's totally different. And and I'm not saying aspects of it aren't because it is different, Um, but it's really, really, really interesting. Like I rounded on a regular basis when I was clinical, you know, working clinically with the doctors, the nurses, and I, like, you can kind of make the exact same transition to that, you know, sports performance team to a medical team, you know, where like your lead physician is your lead physician in both those areas. But then you've got your nurses who I feel like, you know, our athletic trainers are those people who are, they're the ones who take care of our athletes, like, and do everything, right? Mm-hmm. And they're spending the most time with them. That's what our nurses do in the, in the hospital setting. Um, and so, you know, there is a parallel there. And then, you know, you as a dietitian your role, yeah, it's a different patient population, but it's still the same concepts, you know, you're trying to optimize their health and help them get healthier. And, and yeah, fortunately, you know, you're dealing with elite athletes or really, you know, relatively healthy individuals versus those who are trying to just, you know, get through a, a hospitalization and get, get healthy enough to go home. But um, I, felt, I felt, you know, that transition actually was super easy. Um, and I think maybe that just lends to the fact that I spent enough time clinically when I truly knew I was ready versus, um, you know, individuals who really, and I was like anxious. I really did want to leave sooner than that, like the, before my four years at, at clinical. And I, I honestly think I could have stayed another couple of years and still really learned a lot more um, in, that, in that environment. But, um, you know, it, it, was, it was a relatively easy transition and I, I knew I was ready. So, you know, for those individuals who want to go, but they're not sure if they're ready, I, I think you'll never hundred percent feel like, oh yeah, I'm hundred percent ready to go. But there was just a moment for me where I was like, you know what? I, I may not be a hundred percent ready, but I just know that this is the time. Like the timing is right. Um, and so I'm glad I didn't rush that and go, you know what? I'm just going to try to get in a little bit of a clinical. And as soon as I get an opportunity to jump ship, I'm going to do it and go and, and try to venture into the sports nutrition. And and I'm not saying anyone or everybody needs to do that clinical spot first. But for me, it was so helpful. It was so beneficial. And it still is to this day. So I thought the transition was easy. And I try to tell all my interns now and all the people that I work with now that are you know, working to become sports dietitians that they shouldn't be so worried about that. Like if, if, if they actually enjoy some of that clinical aspect, enjoy it, like spend some time in it. And it's not like somehow then your sports nutrition knowledge that maybe you got as an undergrad or as an intern, a volunteer, is going to just like wash away and be gone and you're going to have to relearn all that. It's not like that. Like, you know, if you can get both experiences, great. Or if you can jump into your sports nutrition right off the bat because that's what you want to do and the opportunity is there, then go right ahead. But um, I don't think people – th- I think people are, are um, you know, miss – misled when they think that or or maybe just you know they're looking at it the wrong lens where they think that transition is too difficult because it's not I, I i that's not was my was not my experience
1: no that's really good to hear and also i find out like a lot of students will call me and say something like you know like should i do clinical for a year and then go into sports nutrition and I mean, I didn't do clinical before I went into sports nutrition, but I feel like as a student, you you try to like map everything out, which isn't a bad thing, but just realize it's a blueprint. If mm. you do that year in clinical, I'm sure it'll be super helpful, but like when you start sports nutrition, you're gonna have to adjust too. So I think instead of like, like what do you want to do? Do you want to do sports nutrition? Then, you know, do sports nutrition. Do you want to do clinical versus like, according to the manual, this is the first thing to do, right? Like, right,
0: right. Yeah. If you kind of look at it more big picture like that and just realize it's a process um, and you know what, you know, there, and I tell my interns all the time, I absolutely love the job that I have right now. And I don't intend on having it be anything other than what it is uh, anytime soon. But if I had to go back into the hospital setting or, you know, let's, let's use the, you know, the, the scenario we're in right now with COVID and, and, you know, it's, it's, I think in many industries, not just nutrition. I mean, so many industries. It's changed what people can do, and, and some people are not even able to continue with their current career or their jobs and have to jump into something else. So, you know, sometimes you have to make those changes. And if even if I had to fall back on, on going back into a clinical role, I know I could find a position I feel comfortable in it, and also learn, continue to learn, but also just the important thing is to enjoy it. I know I could, um, and so. You know, it was nice for me to get that both you know the experience of the clinical then going into sports nutrition, and I wouldn't change that. But like you said, it's everybody has a different path. There's no one blueprint. There's many blueprints, um, and and there's no doubt if you continue to just work towards what it is that you ultimately want to do, like you'll find yourself um, where you want to be. It might location wise, geographically, might not be um, where you expected, um, but it'll be where you're supposed to be at least at that time just works it's it tends to work out that way when you're when you're really working towards what you want to do
1: yeah no that's definitely true what are the biggest challenges and rewards of your job as the director of sports nutrition at michigan state
0: another good question um biggest challenges the biggest challenges i think is just you know you want to you want to help every individual and we we got 800 plus athletes here and so you know, that's a lot of people to work with. And, and unfortunately, you know, I've got um, two other dietitians on staff and Ryan um, Newen and, and Emily Werner who help with uh, some of our other teams and do an amazing job. Um, I'm so thankful to have them here, but um, you know, and our, but our staff, you know, we could always use more hands and we, we intend to grow. And, and I think, so the biggest challenge for me as a director is to help lead our program, our nutrition program specifically and to provide the best service because we are, we have a great service here, um, but there's always areas to improve upon. There's always things we can do. And I think that means um, for us, you know, growing in the future and and from a staffing standpoint so that we can have even greater impact on our athletes. Um, So that's one of the challenges, I think, um, kind of in a broad sense. but at the same time, I guess you could almost argue that's one of the rewards too. So when you see that impact and you see an individual come in to, well, not right now, not coming into my offices, but even when we meet virtually um, and do our Zoom meetings and stuff like that, and they're showing me, you know, what it is. Oh, you know, I ate this today. Here, take a look at the meal I made the other day. Like those things are awesome. Yeah. Um, I really love it. Um, I would also say, you know, beyond that, you know, we have a really um, big, Um, volunteer intern program here. So we have like 35 plus interns that work with us. And it's really, really rewarding to see those individuals go from kind of like, you know, we have a lot that are like, I think I want to do sports nutrition, but I really don't know what it's about. So um, this is why I'm part of our programs known as Spartans Fuel. Um, This is why I want to be part of it. And so, you know, maybe I will like it, maybe not, but I just need to know. And kind of you know, working with them and seeing them go from being unsure to being like, Oh, my God. Yeah, absolutely. This is what I want to do. I absolutely love seeing what you're doing and working with these athletes and, um, you know, working with us as interns. So working with them and helping, I'd like to think that I'm, I'm helping our profession grow and um, further establish itself and, and um, you know, I guess, ushering in that next round of, of sports nutrition experts. Um, that's really rewarding.
1: That's awesome. Best piece of advice you've ever received in your career?
0: (laughs) Um, Best piece of advice. It was an advice and a kind of a quick little quote um, that I got from one of my administrators here, which I think about all the time because it's it's just simple and easy to remember. But again, we work in, in the sports world. I feel like there's, it's very competitive, right? I mean, by nature, it's very competitive um but also you know there can be some egos and uh you know one of my close colleagues here mentioned uh when you see somebody that's you know maybe got the spotlight or you feel like is is doing something better than you don't don't be bitter be better you know so work or realize what it, what it is that they did to get there and if that's what you want to achieve too, take those steps don't just try to you know i think when we live in a society in general not them trying to get too philosophical here, but I feel like it's it's so much easier and people do it a lot, especially with the advent of social media where it's just easy to kind of, you know, post a snarky comment or, you know, kind of knock somebody down. Um, and there's too much of that, my personal opinion. And, and it's kind of one of the reasons why I love social media, but I, I tend, unless it's work-related, to stay away from it because it just tends to be too negative, <laughs> particularly in an election year. You know, so yeah, just, just try to focus on, bettering yourself don't be bitter about what other people are doing if that's what you want to achieve and try to look at it as well you know how come they're getting the spotlight or how how do they get there as opposed to what what can I do to achieve that you know um, if that's what you really want you can work for it and, and and achieve that as well so
1: yeah I think that's a really good point too because I think it's easy to like look at someone and be like, oh, I wanna be like them, which isn't like a bad thing. But Mm -hmm. I think realizing like how you said, like you might have a spotlight or you might feel like you need to be like them, but realize like you're gonna have, or you have your own spotlight. Like you're not even on that, like you shouldn't wanna be like that next person. And that that might give you, it might make you feel better to know that like you are your own you and- Yes,
0: absolutely.
1: All right, are you ready for the rapid fire round?
0: I'm born ready.
1: What should people know about Michigan?
0: Uh, it's not it's not as always cold. Anyone that's like further south in Ohio thinks it's like the Antarctic up here or something like that or we're just constantly in like a polar vortex. We have beautiful I would not trade a Michigan summer for any anywhere
1: the lakes right yes
0: yes the lakes We
1: have,
0: to go. Um, we have some just amazing amazing places um, beautiful beaches. Beautiful beaches. Yeah, we might only have three months to enjoy them, but man, those three months, it's, it's absolutely beautiful. So yeah, I would say Mich- Michigan's not as cold as a lot of people think it is. It's a beautiful place, place to live, in my personal opinion. We got all four seasons. Winter's a little too long. Summer's a little too short, but fall's absolutely beautiful. Spring's pretty nice.
1: I'll have to come to Lake Michigan.
0: Yeah, yeah. If you're ever in the area, um, please, please let me know. I'm so
1: life. casually in the area. <laughs> so i'm ever like casually just like in the
0: area <laughs> yeah well whenever we <laughs> can yeah. travel right. a bit. but well, uh yeah well, maybe work will bring you here and you'll get yeah. a little bit extra time maybe. so
1: all yeah. right when you work out do you listen to music or watch tv
0: i tend to do neither i oh, i cool. used to yeah i used to listen to music oh, but nice. i'm a, a little bit more of like um, uh, I, I do a lot more running than i do resistance exercise but um At some point, like 10 minutes in, it just ends up being noise for me, like just a constant noise and not so much like entertaining, entertaining music. So I, I used to try to do the earbuds and music. Now I just, I take, I don't, I don't listen to music and and TV tends to just slow me down. So uh, maybe I'm a little old school that way. I do not.
1: That's interesting that you do neither. I mean, I'm such a music person, but I just don't understand. Like, how can you work out and watch a TV show? I feel like that's like so not motivating, but people do it. So I just want to know, like. Maybe I'll have to ask someone else in here why they do yeah, that. Yeah, I mean
0: I've I've gone into, you know, not recently, but I've gone into fitness centers that have the TVs on and stuff and I like I've excited and stuff, but it's just like I said, I'll, I'll if I'm running and I'm glancing, I'm slowing down cuz I'm just, you know what I mean? Like it's just it doesn't it doesn't work for me. It's just distraction.
1: Right. Mozzarella sticks or buffalo wings?
0: Oh, buffalo wings.
1: Blue cheese or ranch? Cool.
0: Yeah, I love, I bu- you know eat. what, as a kid, I used to love blue cheese, like, that was my, th- like, if I got buffalo wings, like, they're dip, you know, wings to dip, it was blue cheese, some, at some point, I transitioned to ranch more often than that, but I'll do both every once in a while, yeah, I'm sorry, I don't know if that's a good answer, but I do both. No, it
1: is, I, I'm all for both, yeah, not,
0: you know, yeah, okay, my-
1: what's one food you can't live without?
0: Oh, uh, one food, um, my, my mom's, um, pot pie. (laughs) She makes an amazing like turkey pot pie. It's, uh, you know, potatoes, um, celery, carrots, uh, the turkey, or sometimes she'll make it with chicken too. And uh, I mean, she's giving me the recipe. I've made it before myself. It's just never the same. Mom always makes it the best. So I'd probably say that's the one thing. That's what I have every, every birthday. If I have an opportunity to go home for a birthday, uh, that's what I ask her to make me. So no. She, she shouldn't have had to ask anymore she knows that's what I would want for dinner so
1: that's awesome all right last question are you ready ready if you could tell your younger RD self one thing what would you say
0: um bet on yourself keep betting on yourself it, it is uh, and I would say that to any interns or, or um, students listening now like if, it, if if sports nutrition and you you, you know is what you want to get into and you know that even if you've had some, you're going to have some hurdles. That that's inevitable. Um, maybe some of them are bigger than others, but regardless, you can you can overcome those if it's what you really want to do. Um, whether that's working at the collegiate level, the professional level, um, in the military. I mean, or maybe even you could. You know, I know plenty of people that are combining. You know their their expertise and working as a clinical dietitian part time, but then also you know consulting with professional teams or just working with them as well so so yeah i would say just bet on yourself if this is something you want to do make sure you're you're working hard to achieve that goal but that means you know so that means networking that means you know studying up in this area it is it is a specialty area an area of expertise that you really have to specialize in that's why you know there's like the cssd credential like it takes time um, to achieve that you need specific experience for it but um, yeah, bet on yourself. And, and as long as you continue to work hard, again, this probably all sounds really cliche, but it, it works out. Those who work hard, uh, oftentimes, more often than not, will achieve the results they're looking for.
1: I love that. Bet on yourself. Well, hopefully when this episode comes out, you guys will be 2-0. Oh.
0: I hope so too.
1: That's okay. the plan. Go, go green. Go white. Thanks for being on, Rob.
0: All right. Thanks for having me, Liz. Appreciate it.
1: Thanks so much for listening to this episode on Sports RD Snippets. I hope you found our conversation helpful today. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify. Share the podcast or tell another Sports RD to be or sports dietitian about it. If you can rate and review the podcast, it really helps the show and is much appreciated. Remember to follow along on Instagram at Sports RD Snippets to see what Sports RD guest is featured each week. I'm super excited to bring on my upcoming guests, so please stay tuned. I'm Liz Baluca and thanks so much for listening.